0: Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine does them, I will liken to a wise man who builds his house on a rock. Matthew seven twenty four. Welcome beloved to another edition of God's Word with God's chosen servant Reverend Emos Reverend Mosdako is anointed to inspire you with an anointed teaching and preaching of God's word with down to add practical examples. Get ready as he ministers the word of God for today. Let's be seated. God has been dealing with me for some time now to write a book on the wisdom of angels. The wisdom of angels. And so I started yesterday. I was able to write only two points. <laughs> I just started yesterday. Wrote two points. And said I need to do something. What else? Okay. So I just, that two points, wrote down two points and tried to highlight certain things and and that those two points. And so today I think I have to write the book with you. (laughs) What do you think? So I'm going to share from what I have to share from. Amen. And then I think I, I would, I would, I would use this medium to throw more light into some of the things I'll be sharing in the book. I have the points already. They are all in my head. So, I think maybe you people are blessed to enjoy this message. Now, the wisdom of angels. The wisdom of angels. The wisdom of angels. Let's share a word of prayer. Father, it is time to declare your word. Your word is already anointed. So I ask that may you anoint these leaves of clay. Grant me all trans and make me a blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Second Samuel chapter 14. Second Samuel chapter 14. Second Samuel chapter 14. I want to start reading from the verse number 1. Along the way I will skip some of the verses. The Bible said, so Joab the son of Zeruiah perceived that the king's heart was concerned about Absalom. And Joab sent to Thekua and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, Please pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning apparel. Do not anoint your head with oil, but act like a woman who has been mourning for a long time for the dead go to the king and speak to him in this manner so joab put words in her mouth verse number four and when the woman of Tekoa spoke to the king she fell on her face to the ground and prostrated herself and said help O king then the king said to us and this king we are talking about is the king david then the king said to her what troubles you and she said indeed i am a widow my husband is dead now your maid servant had two sons. The two fought with each other in the field, and there there was no one to part them. But the one struck the other and killed him. And so all these things, no, don't don't get me wrong. All these things you are hearing is words which has been put into the mouth of this woman to go and pretend to the king David. You understand? So it was a format. It was some. It was a gig. These were all lies. Nothing of that sort happened. The woman went to the king, David, and said, oh, I had two sons. They went to the field. An argument rose up between them. And they fought each other. And there was nobody to part them. And so, you see, pray that anytime time there is an argument between you and somebody, there will be somebody to part you. Sometimes, you see, what, what you need is somebody to tell you, don't mind him, just keep quiet. It just saves you from a lot of things. I'm telling you. It is either, it is, it is, either, it is going to save you from becoming a casualty of that argument or you become, you become a casualty like a victim or you become somebody with whom you, a, a pain will be inflicted to someone else. You understand what I'm saying? is so always pray that anytime there is an argument or anything there'll be somebody to tell you that Charlie, it's okay there should always be somebody to part you and part ways you understand or part between the two of you always and is it anybody who stands between both of you is an intercessor yes so it's not only an in physical things but spiritual things as well always pray that there will be somebody standing in the car for you somebody with me and so this woman goes to the king and comes up with this nice narration and tells the king all these things and so she actually won the king's heart. and now I'm just cutting them short so the woman said when the other killed his brother now the whole family had risen up against your maidservant this is the woman speaking the whole family has risen up against your maidservant and they said deliver him who strike his brother that we may execute him for the life of his brother whom he killed and we will destroy the hair also so they would extinguish my ember that is left in other words so they wanted to kill the person who was left the woman had two sons so if one was dead it means that it was left with only one person two of us and the family members also came demanding the other person who was alive so that they would kill and what have you so all these things were going on and David was just listening to this narration follow me so David listened to it at a point then verse number 8 tells us then the king said to the woman go to your house and I'll give orders concerning you and the woman of Tequa said my lord King, let the iniquity be on me and my father's house and the king and his throne be guiltless so the king said you see i've not started my message i'm just trying to show you something so the king said whoever says anything to you bring him to me and he shall not touch you anymore so it's like the woman is trying to convince david And David is saying, okay, well, don't worry. If anybody tries to harm you and your child, just bring the person to me and I'll make sure they don't touch you, they don't cause you harm, and what have you. Somebody with me. And then the conversation went on and on and on and on and on. Now, this is where I want you to take note. And David, as the woman was speaking, David began to sense something about the woman which was not physical. Then we began to sense that no, there is something more to what the woman is telling me that, that I know. And so, listen to what the Bible says. Verse number 18. Then the king said to the woman, Please do not hide from me anything that I ask you. So, the woman was talking. You see, she was talking and I reading the story. And the king said, do not hide from me anything that I ask you. And the woman said, Please let my lord the king speak. So the king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? Hey. Follow what I'm saying now. Joab went to hire a woman from Tekoa, Gave the woman things to go and tell the king David. And the woman goes to the king David begins to tell him all these sweet words and in verse number 18 a turnaround around happened something happened while the woman was narrating the lies David was just looking at him, at her then in verse number 18 David said can I ask you a question the woman said "Oh, let the king speak and David said in verse number 19 is the hand of Joab with you in all this And the woman answered and said As you leave my lord the king No one can turn to the right hand or to the left From anything that my lord the king has spoken Follow what what the woman is saying For your servant Joab commanded me And he put these words in my mouth Or in the mouth of thy handmaiden to bring about this change of affairs, your servant uh, to bring about this change of affairs, your servant Joab has done this thing. So Joab wanted to bring about a change of affairs. So he hired somebody to go and lie to David. David caught the woman red-handed, and then the woman said, To bring about this change of affairs, your servant Joab has done this. But my Lord is wise. This is what I want you to take note. The woman is saying that but my Lord is what? Is wise. According to the wisdom of the angel of God. To know everything that is in the earth. So the wisdom of angels is the wisdom of knowing everything that is on the earth. That is the wisdom of angels. So this woman thought, you see, she was lying to David, spoke at length. You see, when you have the wisdom of angels saying, everything that happens is made known to you. Yes. There is nothing that can hit from your eyes. And there is nothing that can hit from your ears. That is the wisdom of angels. And it is our, is our, see in this journey? We are going to, it is going to be our quest to look for how to, to, to receive the wisdom of angels. How do we receive it? And here David is described as a man carrying the wisdom of what? I can't hear you. Of angels. The woman said, My Lord, the king is wise. According to the wisdom of the angel of God so it's like David's wisdom is not any ordinary wisdom but the wisdom which can be equated to that of an angel of the Lord yes and is see we can you see, and why is the woman saying that he said for he knows everything that is on the earth and so we are going to dig into his life and see what are some of the things David knew that other people did not know is somebody with me follow me and that's the wisdom of angels and david is regarded as one of the greatest kings in israel there, so many kings lived and died in israel but none of them is being remembered than david today when you go to israel they associate When you you talk of the greatest king that has ever lived in Israel, it is King David. Not even Solomon. With all his wisdom, King David is still regarded as the greatest king that has ever lived. And in Israel, they adore and cherish David as a hero. Is somebody with me? So what did David know? You see, Solomon Solomon was David's... um, Solomon was David's son. But even Solomon, the Bible says that he was the wisest man. His wisdom was not equated to that of an angel of the Lord. And so what made David so wise such that he knew everything? the woman said, my Lord, the king is wise. According to the wisdom of the angel of the Lord. To know everything that is in the world. Or in the earth. And so it's going to be our, our quest follow me what is there about david that makes this woman describe david's wisdom as that of an angel what is the wisdom of an angel and i was saying that david is regarded as one of the greatest david is, is one of the people who carries some strange titles and what have you to it. Because David is the only person in the Bible, the Bible says is a man after God's own heart. That's it. Only David. Yes. Abraham, the Bible said he was a friend of God. But as for David, he wasn't just a friend. He was a man who was after God's own heart. Is somebody with me? What did David know that we don't know? what did David understood that even the people of his world did not understand and so for us to understand some of these things let's quickly go back to the life story of David in 1 Samuel chapter 16 that that was the the first mention of David is in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel and so let's try to see if we could get some wisdom nuggets from his life The Bible says, I'm reading from verse number one. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil. Go, I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. For I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you should do. And you shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Do you come peacefully? And verse number 5 says, And he said, peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. And the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or his physical structure. Because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then, verse number 8 says, So Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shama pass by and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one then Jesse made seven of his sons pass by and Samuel said to Jesse the Lord has not chosen these ones verse 11 and Samuel said to Jesse are all the young men here then he said there remained yet the youngest and this is he keeping the sheep and Samuel said to Jesse send and bring him for we will not sit till he comes here so he sent and brought him in. Now he was wealthy with bright eyes and good looking. And the Lord said Arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Saul arose and went to Ramah. Now we have read from verse number one to What What makes David so unique? What did David know that most people did not know? Hello. And the first thing that David knew, which I would regard as the wisdom of angels. So what is, when somebody says, what is the wisdom of angels? The wisdom of angels is the wisdom of knowing that. Somebody with me. Physical appearance does not aim you much in the presence of the Lord that is the wisdom of angels physical appearance or physical stature is of little value when it comes to your relationship with God David's brother Eliab was concerned about physical stature no wonder he was a military man he was built up he was built as such that when the the prophet samuel saw him he fell in love with him just like that so is he know that is he when it comes to physical appearance like looking good appearing good it has little value in the presence of the lord david knew that david knew that a lot of you are so prestige in in your affairs, such that you see that, that they were worshiping God. Then somebody told us that God would want us to know that the clothes you are wearing and the things you are wearing that is preventing you from from kneeling down, even in this sun. You remember the clothes you are wearing is, is, is a rag, is something of no value. So when you come here, don't look at the way you appear. Don't look at what you are wearing to, to, to worship God. Some of you were here when the man said that. So, you it physical things are always physical. And it has no value to your life. It does not buy you any credit in the presence of the Lord. Don't be concerned about physical things. You see, when, when, when Eliab came... The prophet Samuel said, wow, this is the Lord's anointed. By just looking at his physical appearance, he was able to conclude that, oh, this is the Lord's anointed. Usually, the people, the good ones don't usually appear good. Somebody who is very good, when when you are going for a job interview, and look at the kind of people lined up for the interview, all seeking and applying for the job, when you make a mistake, the one who is dressed very well, you think oh, this person is dressed very well. Look at his neatly dress, he's done that, is that usually they are the ones who don't know anything about the job. I'm telling you, and the good ones that will always be helpful to the organization or the company, they usually don't appear well, they usually don't look good. Is somebody with me? And so is he. Good looks has little value. What is the importance of looking good and appearing very nice in the presence of God when spiritually you have no relationship with him? And David knew that. You see, it is is not about how good you look in in the eyes of men, but rather how good you appear in the presence of the Lord. David knew it. David knew this. Wisdom made David know that, no, it is not about how I appear to people. It's not about how good I look. But rather, it is about how well I am able to present myself to the Lord. So, you see, you, your clothes may be good. You may have whatever, nice toucher and whatever you, But if you have no relationship with the Lord, it is of no value it doesn't add anything to your life. Because, you see, the, it, so when the prophet saw um, Eliab, the Bible says that, he said, wow, the Lord's anointed as before me. The fact that somebody lose good doesn't mean he's anointed. Yes. Usually people judge men of God by the, their appearance. So when he's in the tie, holding a briefcase, then he is the man of God. If he's in a big Jeep, then he's the man of God. But if he's walking, he's not a man of God. Anointing is not assessed by stature and appearance. So, the Bible says that, and the prophet Samuel said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the appearance do not look at his appearance or his physical stature for I have refused him. And so you can have all the good looks and still be refused in the presence of the Lord. And so if there is something you are yearning for, learn this wisdom of David and that is the wisdom of not placing much emphasis of, on, on your appearance and your physical um, stature. At the detriment of your relationship with God it's very important somebody with me so you must you must rise up to the occasion and not be only concerned about how you appear but also ask yourself how do I appear in the realms of the spirit yes right now if we should assess your spirituality do you look good is your prayer life very good it's your relationship, you don't even pray today. That's for quiet time, then you stopped having it long ago. What the day I, I, I asked you to stop, or I stopped asking you about quiet time, you also stopped having quiet time, yes. And you read your Bible occasionally, you are there, or no, if it comes in your inside about one, then you read one, and so you realize that David had this mindset. And the mindset David had was not the mindset of trying to appear good and look very um, handsome in the eyes of people at the detriment of his relationship with God. Is somebody with me? So that is the wisdom of what? Of angels. The wisdom of angels is knowing that God places much emphasis on your spiritual appearance than your physical appearance. God values he, he looks more at your physical appearance than your heart than your what? than your physical appearance yes that's why God had to tell the prophet Samuel, you men look at the physical so he warned him do not look at his appearance don't look at how he appears don't look at how well he speaks don't even look at his grammar. Don't assess, you see, usually, these are some of the things people judge good leaders or anointed men of God with. First of all, they look at his grammar. How, how well does he speak the English language? Is he fluent? Then you say he's anointed. There are some people when they are when they are preaching, you think that they just came down from America. See, usually they don't even hear, but they are Ghanians, so. though you don't even hear what they are saying even on the radio you hear the slant and God is going to bless you and change your life and so I want to I like to sometimes you can hear somebody preach and you think that as for your pastor he's not even called oh yes well I've heard so many men of God preach on radio and I ask myself hey Charlie this thing I say is a call uh, am I really called? You see, so anointing the anointing is not seen in appearance. So don't judge people based on the way they speak, the way they appear, the way they dress. You may get it wrong. Is that with me? God, God said, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature. Whether he's short, whether he's tall. Usually every white preacher is anointed in Africa. Every white preacher is a if it's a white preacher when it comes to start a church over here, everybody will go to that church. Yes, we we look at people's appearances and people's stature, their status in life. Is somebody with me to assess the anointed? But it is never true, it has never been true. And David has never. You see, one of the things that makes David so unique and so special was that he wasn't focused on physical things. Yes, I'm sure while his senior brother Eliab was going to the gym, trying to build his muscles, David was just in the forest taking care of sheep. And so, you see, don't don't be deceived by looks. Don't be deceived by looks. If you really want to walk in the wisdom of angels then you, you must know that God places much emphasis on your spiritual looks than your physical looks it's very important so if there is something you are doing ask yourself stand in the mirror and ask yourself how do I look in the spirit how do I look how do I appear how do I look it is very important is somebody with me yes when you when you assess your prayer life in, in the mirror how do you look? Is it good? Is it bad? Is it satisfactory? Or what do you? How will you rate your prayer life? Some of you have never fasted before. Since January to date, no fasting. So your life is void of fastings. So how does your fasting life looks like? How does your giving life looks like? Some of you don't give. You don't give. And these are all spiritual virtues which God looks at. The Bible says God looks at the heart. Eh? It means God looks at is it the heart the word heart used over there is the mind. Yes, God looks at the mind. God looks at the motive. Well because when you read when you read the verse number 7 but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as men sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks where? At the heart. God looks at your heart. In other words, God looks at your mind. God looks at your motives. These things he wants to do. What is the motive behind what she's doing? yes and why why do God looks let me give you probably two or three reasons why God looks at the heart number one God looks at the heart because number one you see the Bible says that out of the heart comes all the issues of life all the issues of life comes out of the heart what are the issues of life first John tells us that they are there are only three things in this world that Human beings crave for the first one is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And these are the issues of life. And in a man's heart, you would find one of these things. It is either they are craving power, trying to get more money so that people will, will see them as somebody. Today, everybody will talk and say, "Do you know who I am?" Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? You hear statements like that. Everybody is trying to be somebody. Everybody is. When you see some, the people see cars and say, wow, what a nice car. It is a last of the eyes. People are lasting after cars. People are, are lasting after mountains. People are lasting after people's wives. People are lasting after people's husbands. People are lasting after. So many. There are a lot of lusts. Last of the flesh lust of the eyes and the pride of life and so when the bible says god looks at the heart it means that god looks in your heart to see if these issues are your main concern god realizes that know you you are your focus is on the last of the flesh trying to do things to please your flesh and god will realize that this person is not correct he, he he can't go far with me god will try to look at the the last of the eyes craving people are desiring so many things on this earth yes so god looks at them no no i can't i can't work with this one the pride of life so these are the reasons that what well, the bible says that god looks at the heart it means that god looks at, into the heart to find the issues of life are you concerned about these things are they your main motive what are you thinking about what is your plans what are you even trying to achieve you are praying for a car what do you even want to do with the car at the first place and this is what God looks at he looks at your mind your mindset your motives your passions and I'm telling you God that, it is based on these things that God gives gifts God doesn't just give gifts he assesses the man before he gives him a gift. There are some people desiring and praying for a prophetic gift and to date God hasn't given it to them. Because when God assesses their heart he realizes that no, this person if I should give him that gift he's desiring for. He will sell He will, He will, he will prophesy to you and make you go and bring money. Yes. And we see it all around. People prophesy and they they extort money from the congregation and so God will assess your heart so God assessed the heart of Eliab David's senior brother and he refused him but despite the good looks God said I've rejected him I don't like him I don't like him so that is the reason that's one of the reasons why God looks at the heart he looks at the heart because out of the heart comes all the issues of life And Jesus advised us and he said do not be concerned about the things of the world do not worry about what to eat what to wear what to drink but rather seek ye first the kingdom of God so like this should be your main motive this should be what you are desiring for this one should be your main priority the kingdom of God so when God looks at Eliab's heart he realized that this guy is seeking all other things but he looks at David and he sees that this gentleman is seeking after the kingdom first. And so, when God assesses your heart, what will He see? And there's something you must you must ask yourself. And so, is He? It doesn't matter how if if you have good looks, thank God. But you see, anointing will not come to you with good looks. Wisdom, is it? God, wisdom is a spirit. If you don't know, I'm telling you, wisdom is a spirit. Wisdom is not you. Y- you can read and still not get wisdom wisdom is a spirit you see somebody can just lay his hands on you and you receive the spirit of wisdom the bible speaks of Moses praying for Joshua and he being filled with the spirit of wisdom wisdom is a spirit yes and wisdom is the spirit of God the spirit of God is wisdom in other words Jesus Christ is wisdom the bible said he is the wisdom of God and the power of God. So when you see Jesus, you are looking at wisdom. And so when, when we say the Lord is with you, it means that wisdom is with you. And so David, whose wisdom is described as the wisdom of angel, knew that God looks at the heart and not physical things, not the appearance. And so he was always working on his heart. Sister, you see, even if I share only this point with you, some of you, are not wise because you hear some of these things and you don't use them. You you should sit down and ask yourself, what is there in my heart that is not correct? What motive? That is how I see the word. Anytime time I read the word, I ask myself, what is there in, 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 in my heart? Like I read, God looks at the heart. Then I ask myself, when God looks at my heart right now, what will he see? What will he see? So if God looks at the heart to anoint. That's what we are seeing over here. Because he sent just someone to go and anoint. Somebody as kin. And he said, I don't look at the physical like the way human beings look at. I look at the heart. So you see, you, you you want to be great. But the anointing you will need to become great is with God. And God will also have to assess certain things before he releases the anointing. And he looks at your motive for seeking riches and he realizes that no the reason why you are praying that you he'll give you riches is for you to show or probably show somebody power in your life somebody has done something you, see, you and when I get money you wait and so he assesses your mind he assesses your motive for what you are desiring and he says no he's not correct and so early up a whole thick thought gentleman walks Charlie, when they put you on the anointing scale, will you pass? Uh, What will be your way? God weighs the heart. I'm telling you, let's read a scripture. Let let me show you a scripture. Is somebody with me? Let's read a scripture. In first Kings chapter 8, verse number 39. The Bible says, Then hear in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know 1st Kings chapter 8 verse number 39 then here in heaven your dwelling place and forgive and act and give to everyone according to all his ways whose heart you know so the Bible says that God gives to people according to all their ways yes and before he gives to you, he looks at your heart. So the reason why God didn't give to Eliab was because his, his heart was alright. Yes. If Eliab had become a king, he would have been very, very rude. Now I can, I can prove it to you in the scripture why Eliab, David's senior brother, was rejected. I can prove to you. The first reason why he was rejected was because he was proud. Yes. Yes, he was proud. Number two, he he didn't have respect for human beings. He spoke, he just spoke anyhow. When he's speaking to you, he speaks his mind. He just speaks foolishly. And I can prove it to you, you see, after this anointing, when David's father sent David to the war front to go and check on his brothers, when he got there, when his senior brother saw him, he said, what are you doing over here? What are you doing over here? You see, I've always been telling you you're a stubborn boy, you just came to look at the battle. You see, one of the characters of Eliab was well, he always criticized people falsely, he didn't even know his father had sent him there. And who have you let go few ship with? Look at it, and so just imagine God. Putting anointing on this person as king. So, if there is something God will look at to anoint you and to bless you, He will look at your heart. So, if there is something you must work at, work at your heart. Your heart, not, not the way you appear to Pastor. So, if you, I think you are righteous, but may, maybe you are not. You are not what you appear to be. And it is, he don't, uh, Paul said, if I yet please men, then I am not a servant of God if my motive is to please men then i am not a servant of god when you come here you try to please us as for me i'm a man and so i also judge according to physical appearance yes oh wow that's powerful that's powerful charlie you are praying i like the way you are praying but meanwhile you are not praying And so, know that God will look at your heart. That's the first reason why God looks at the heart. Because all the issues of life, everything that you are thinking about is in your heart. So, He looks at your heart. This gentleman. He doesn't have love for me. It is because He wants me to bless Him. That's why He's in church, pretending to love me and to worship me and to serve me. He looks at your heart. This lady, she doesn't love me. She doesn't love me. She's just pretending and there are a lot of people who come to church with different motives their motive for coming to church is not because they love the Lord that's not why they are are here they are here because they want the man of God to say something which will turn their lives around some people are looking for breakthrough that's why they come to church it's not about God they don't love him They, they don't want to even have anything to do with him and so he comes and he begins to look at their hearts all the choristers who stand here and begin to sing and God will assess their hearts and whilst they are singing God says this person is singing because you see the reason why she's shouting is because she wants her loud her voice to be heard louder than all the other people and he's just assessing their heart then we will move to the next person he said this person you see the reason why she delays embarking is because she wants everybody to notice that she has a unique voice and usually people do it yes everybody will sing oh we love you lord we love you we love and usually they do they, do they, when like when they all have to sing we love you lord everybody will go we love Then say we love you yeah so, so, then everybody say wow what, what a voice and so usually how many of you have done that before You, yes you, you were singing in a group and you wanted your voice to be noticed like you wanted to look different don't say maybe you've done it before you've done it before or maybe they a you, you people have done it several times we went for, we went for um, uh, was it um, joint meeting at Baria yes and everybody went to sing and you also, so when you were going, you wanted to go and met that damn show that you too, you were there. When you got there, you bent the song. God was looking at you and it was, it was just looking at you. their motives are not right. Look at them. Their motives are not right. They are not singing. A lot of the choir don't sing to please God. It's not because of God that is why they sing. Psalm 115. I, I today, I just inserted my earpiece in, into my ipad then it just started playing and i was i was, I was like, wow i love the scripture psalm 115 verse number one oh. mm-hmm. not to us oh lord not to us but your name give glory or to you be the glory not to us not to us oh lord not to us not to us, but to your name be the glory. Not to us, but you see, when you stand as a choir and you hold the microphone, it is to you. It is to you. So, so God looks at their hearts and says, their hearts are not right. Their heart is not right. I can't anoint. I can't put my holy oil on these people because their hearts are not right." Today there is competition in the church. Pastors are competing, pastors, elders are competing, elders, deacons are competing, deacons, choristers are competing, choir masters. Yes, and instrumentalists are also competing, pastors. Sometimes you'll be surprised an instrumentalist wants to play playing with the choir and he wants to play something. For everybody to say wow that thing is, is nice. and so usually uh, the glory is to us but the psalmist said not to us not to us oh lord not to us not to us but to you to you to you to you and so god looks at all these things and that this is something david knew that not many people knew David like, said, David come here, go and take care of the sheep. David said, oh, not to me. Not to me. Hey sheep, let's go. Not to me. Not to me. And his brothers, imagine the youngest one was rather in the forest. The youngest, the youngest was forest. And all the thing he was doing when the sheep give birth and they grow they even prepare the food when he brings them home they'll just go look, look at the fat one kill the one prepare food give him something and baggage it for him and the rest of the meat will be in the house and their brothers will be enjoying and God looks at the heart and says Eliab I have rejected him yes you see when it is time for anointing or when it is time for blessings everybody wants it Yes. and usually the people who have no even word for it they come first they come first Eliab came first Eliab came first he, he was the first person he came and God said I have refused him I have rejected him I thank God God is the one who anoints and God is the one who blesses yes. if it was man like, even the prophet Samuel would have been very biased over here. He saw Eliab. You see, Jesse was bringing his sons, he had seven sons. He started bringing them out, and um, the prophet Samuel had his own choice Eliab. Because he was thick and tall, very handsome. He said, Wow, surely the Lord's anointed is here. The fact that people tell you you are anointed doesn't mean God has anointed you. Yes. The prophet told Eliab that surely the lost anointed stands before me. But God said, I have been anointed him. Yes. Yes. So when people say you are anointed, ask yourself again. Oh, has God really anointed me? God, have you anointed me? You can sing and you see, when you sing to entertain people, people say, wow, that's powerful, anointed music. But ask God, God, have you anointed me? So if you think you, you, are, you are anointed to sing, you don't you don't have the anointing to sing yet. The anointing to sing hasn't been released. The anointing to play, the anointing to serve hasn't been released. Hasn't been released yet. Yes. So the Bible says, You men look at the outward appearance. But I the Lord look at the heart. Why? Because out of the heart comes all the issues of life. So He looks at it and he knows. when you look at a man's heart you know everything about the man those that he knows those that he doesn't even know are in his heart are even there in the heart when they put your heart on a radar scale everything about you is in your heart even the things you don't know are there are still there that's why God will always take a shortcut and enter the heart he doesn't want to bother himself with, with how you look what you said no let me go to the heart he just locks in into the heart and everything about you is there that's the first reason why so all the issues of life the things you are concerned about the things you want the things you are desiring to have they are all in your heart so God locks in looks at it and says I can I can see Jesus told us that you see it is wrong to throw down precious gems down for peace lest they trap, trample upon it they walk over it so if you think Jesus will not even throw down precious gifts or precious gems for pigs to walk on it then what makes you think God will give his anointing to somebody whose heart is not right he just says here. I said no if, if he does that he has contradicted his word looks like yeah, Peter's heart is not right I, I cannot know. Deuteronomy you know chapter 8, verse number 2. Deuteronomy you know chapter 8, verse number 2. So I'm trying to establish the fact. God will always assess your heart. Somebody read it for me. Deuteronomy you know chapter 8, verse number 2. What is there? What is there? And so one of the assessments God will always perform on you is the assessment of your heart, the state of your heart. Read it, bro. Uh-huh. Remember how the Lord your God led you this long journey through the what? The wilderness. Uh This 40 years. Sending hardship to test you. So that he might know what you intended to what To do. Or well, whether so listen to what his version is saying. His version is saying, so that he might know what you have intended to do. Let's read the King James version, and thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led you these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what is in your heart and to know what is in your heart and your version is telling us that another word for heart is what you intend to do your motives what are you planning to do he sent hardship he intentionally allowed hardship to come upon them to test them and to know what was in their heart and so God doesn't waste his time on assessing your head, assessing your he assesses your heart, that's it to know what is in their heart so God is going to perform I don't know when your assessment will begin but it will come, he will assess your heart Log in into your heart to see what you think this ministry in which you are what is the motive yes I know you are here because you are a member yes but aside that what is the other motive why did you even come today and to shock you to know that when God locks in although you are here because you want to come to church and you love him and what have you the, the main agenda for coming is to come and meet your boyfriend yes or to meet your lady yes. that's not a side agenda that's the ultimate agenda that's the main reason why you are here but you see you can lie to yourself and say oh I, I came to see God I say I love God and I want to serve God these are all talk so are said no this gentleman came here today because he wants to see her that's it at it and said no his heart is wrong it's wrong I can't anoint such a heart and the person said receive anointing and you all shout I receive it and God says no your motives are wrong the things you intend doing is wrong so God will assess heart. number two the second reason why God looks at the heart or the second reason why God assesses the heart of a man is because As a man thinketh in his heart, eh, so is he. Your heart reveals your true nature. That's the reason. Your heart reveals your true nature. So who you are is actually revealed in your heart. (laughs) You can't hide who you are. You see, you can hide it with your words. Some of you can some of you are very pretentious. You can pretend and say all sorts of things to convince people. That is he one day Adolf Hitler he he spoke. You see, Adolf Hitler was was a demon. Yes, he, he caused the death of 50 million people. Yes. He, he 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 started with Germany. Adolf Hitler was a, a, a deceiver, top class deceiver. He, he was a military man during the First World War. He was a soldier. And when, after the First World War, he received a medal, which is bravery under fire. They gave him a medal. Bravery. There are so many soldiers, they renate on themselves when there is an exchange of guns. And you don't even know where the bullets are going. You are shooting, they are shooting. So a bullet can hit you at any time. So people, people, oh there are the uh, Reverend Festus the ex-military man he told me one of his friends he nearly killed them he had the the grenade the bomb he had it and they were sleeping in the thick forest in the night I think he said Liberia or something and they were lying there he said they would dig trench they would dig something like a hole and they would sleep in it and one of them Lie on the ground and watch them. Then after some time, they will swap. Then and, and the man who was with them, he was sleeping, and all of a sudden, at I said around 2 a.m. midnight, they had gunshot. I said the enemies were firing at us. And he had the machine gun. said so when he clogged the machine gun, he seized. And their life depended on the machine gun. The others were just AK-47, some little, little rifles. So he was in charge of the machine gun. So he was in charge. And he just prayed and said, Lord, help me. And they were shooting. He so said, the bullets were flying. The only thing you he could hear, wing, 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 wing. And the man who held their grenade was afraid, and he started uniting on himself. And by mistake, he took off the um, the key from the grenade. So he said, he said he, had, he took the grenade and threw it away. If not, they would have all died. And the man united. Oh, he said at the point they have to slap him for him to come to his senses. Yes. You don't know. So it's not easy. And I'm telling you, the sound of a gun is not the sound of a knockout. Hole. How many of you have had a gun shot before? It's not. It's not a movie. What movie? I'm talking of real life. Like you are standing closer to somebody who shoot a gun. Ha! Huh. It vibrates. It's like. It's not a small sound though. I've heard one, eh, Charlie, I didn't like it at all. I just didn't like it at all. Ah. I just took the thing, cropped it Now, boom. And the way I got angry. And Charlie, the sound is not a small sound though. And so, Adolf Hitler received a, a medal which is, is called Brave, Bravery Under Fire. Yes. Bravery Under Fire a met down, like he was brave even when they were shooting under fire he was brave then after after the first world war he went back to Germany he was a military man an ordinary military man then he goes through the ones, started building tanks right after the first world war he went back second world war I think it started in 39 to 45 yeah and Adolf Hitler, immediately he came back from the First World War, started planning, building weapons, building tanks. And he started his deception, lying to people. Lying to the you know There was a, a gentleman. Um, I forgot his name. He was a prime minister of, I think, Russia. Was it Russia or one of these? I forgot. It's a very popular name. He started as what? 1918 to 19, 1914 to 1918. Then, when he came back, said the Second World War. So, he was part of this war, 1914 to 1918. Then, after that, he came 39 to 45. Yes. Then, Adolf Hitler came and started the Second World War. Do you know what he did? the second world war he lied to so many people people were saying yeah from the way Adolf Hitler is doing his thing it looks like he's planning an attack they said oh it's not true they asked him he said oh it's how can I plan an attack I was part of the first world war I saw how people and in the first world war do you know what happened the dark trenches deep holes those of you have watched wonder woman wonder woman wonder woman you see that the soldiers were in trenches Holes. They dug a hole, and they were in it. And they they lived there, ate there, did everything in the hole. for For about four years, they were in the hole. And rats. When you see a rat, it's like a cat. The size of a rat is. They they chew them, killed them in the hole. They were they, they were they were. I think two types of they were black rats and I think the brown ones the brown ones were the very stubborn ones, they can kill a human being rats when you go out they will shoot you so you are in the and the, the war was so many people died, they were infected with so many diseases, rats were killing them and yet they were there so when they came back from the first world war they didn't actually want to go for any war again then Adolf Hitler came to prepare for the second world war and they said uh, some people started speculating it seems Adolf Hitler is planning that they said oh it's not true it's not true Master. 1939 then Adolf Hitler started conquering Poland you See, when Adolf Hitler was fighting Poland Poland Adolf Hitler was using tanks he was using tanks you know tanks they were they, were, they are guns they shoot fire they spread fire and what have you and the Polish soldiers were using horses. So just imagine. They, they conquered Poland in some few days. Conquered so many countries. Then he told there was one man called Stalin. 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 Adolf Hitler told Stalin that he asked for you. It's, it's, Stalin is it's a Russian. Then he told him that as for you i will not fight easy so let's be allies so that we conquer and we'll take not knowing he was lying to stalin so to stalin no i will not i can't attack you let's let's be allies so that we'll conquer together so i'm going to attack don't attack me stalin said no problem then adolf hitler prepared for stalin he wanted to go and conquer not knowing stalin has also prepared for adolf hitler <laughs> he didn't know. <laughs> he didn't know. Yes, and Adolf Hitler. If I, the, one of the longest convoy that has ever been driven was Adolf Hitler's convoy. Light like up military men with cars going to fight Stalin at a place called Stalingrad. It's a city, Russia, Stalingrad. Okay, so he went not knowing. Stalin has also trained gone to one of the I think Serbia or something to bring military men that can fight in snow <laughs> and he has brought the and during that time those season, that season was snowing and Adolf it that, that he went he, he wanted to take Stalin by surprise then Stalin also met him with another surprise they fought at Stalingrad until the place became a ghost city everybody (laughs) they killed themselves and while they were fighting everybody was running away they brought Stalin a car they said you must leave Stalingrad and move because Adolf Hitler's troops are advancing so you must move Stalin said we are all here nobody is moving we are all here we are fighting to protect our country nobody is moving and then he gave a, a command do you know what he did? His military men and he lined them up like this. Yeah. So these are the military men. They were all in line like this, fighting. Then he brought another set of military men and he gave them orders that if any of my soldiers wants to retreat, shoot him. <laughs> yeah, so nobody, no, no retreat, no surrender. You don't give up, fight till you die. Yes. Then he went to his prisons and he, he asked the prisoners, "How many of you wants to be free?" They all lifted up their hands. Said, "I'm giving you. I will free all of you if you can do one thing: fight and protect Russia." And they gave them weapons and they said, "The only condition at which you will be free is when you are hurt. <laughs> if you are not hurt, you are not. When you after the war, they will, they will put you back in prison." <laughs> Yeah. And I'm telling you, Adolf Hitler has never seen anything like that before. Everywhere he goes, he defeats people. But see, he wanted to use deception to deceive um, Stalin. But they didn't know that Stalin is also another person who has also prepared for him. They fought, they fought until that city became a ghost city. It, he, he, Stalin even gave commands no citizen women children are to leave the city stay you don't know the, uh, in fact he was shocked Adolf Hitler was shocked he, he never expected anything like that and that was the first time he was defeated Adolf Hitler was defeated as Stalin he was shocked he was working, Oh, fighting conquering people the second world war he conquered so many people But he met his greatest enemy at Stalingrad. Who is called Stalin? Stalin is one. One day there was a documentary. I watched a documentary about the world's most notorious murderers, and I think Gaddafi, Adolf Hitler, uh, India me, and Stalin. And they were showing documentaries. When I had the video, I've lost them. Stalin lost his wife. He didn't even lose. his wife. Killed herself. She killed herself. She was when she discovered what Stalin was doing. She didn't like it. She couldn't take it anymore. She was a very young girl, and she couldn't take it. The people Stalin was killing, and she her heart could. Then she killed herself. And they showed her funeral when she was laid in state. An old video. I watched everything. And Stalin was standing beside her corpse like this. And according to the... They said, after that death, after the death of his wife, he changed into a beast. Because the woman was his life. And the woman killed herself. And Stalin said her family members killed her. He killed all of them. killed all the women's family the woman's brother. so killed all of them only one person survived the woman's uh, nephew he escaped he was a little boy his mother hid him they caught his mother they killed him but the boy they hid him and they they took him outside outside Russia that's how the boy survived and today he was an old man to even narrate the story what he also grew up to be told Stalin killed all of them. He blamed his, his wife's family for killing his wife. Yeah. Stalin will sleep uh, and wake up. When he wakes up, he has a, a long list like this. He will just go through and he will take people that must die that day. That's what he does. The documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Just take people. And he didn't trust anybody except one woman who was her maid. So people even think he was dating. And usually such people they don't trust anybody. except their maid. Adolf Hitler also had a maid. And at the at the end of the day, he married their maid when he was going to die. Yes. There was thirty-nine attempts on his life. They they didn't succeed. They tried to bomb him one day. He was going to give a speech like this. He entered the podium and usually you have to speak for like more than ten minutes. So the time was set for more than ten minutes. He just stood there, spoke for like three, four minutes. Then he turned off the microphone and he left. Immediately he left the place, boom, the bomb triggered. And all the people died. He, he didn't die. And he said some of his soldiers were part of it. He didn't know what he did. He lined up, he made all of them line up like this. And that is what the, he, he, there is a word called decimation. Decimal means 10. So this is what he would do. He would count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Boom! 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. So he was killing the 10 people. Like Anybody who fall on the number 10 you will be killed. Yes, decimation how can he change and he has made you line up all the soldiers all of you line up <laughs> so you see so what I'm trying to say is that sometimes you can even deceive yourself you, people can be very deceptive and pretentious tell you things as if they are there to help you but their motive is, is not actually what they are saying you understand like Adolf Hitler lied to Stalin no no Stalin to has prepared for him he didn't know somebody with me And so what I'm trying to say is that God looks at the heart. And the reason why he looks at the heart is because all the issues of life start from the heart. And the second reason is because your true nature is revealed in your heart. The heart reveals the true nature of a man. So God looks at your heart and says, no, this person is not correct. Why? Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It is the things you think about that determines who you are. Is that what you mean? This message continues on the next track.